So this is part of this part of kind of a piece of what I want to talk about tonight, which is that stepping back from that I, that identification that we do so much, because what else is there, right? It's all I, it's all mine, it's all this, it's all that. And a core, a very basic early original Buddhism teaching is the three characteristics of existence, uh, which is, uh, uh, everything's impermanent, that things are unsatisfactory. There's dukkha, which is, you know, the first noble truths, birth, death, uh, separation from things we love, all these things. And also the that life is unsatisfactory. If we are trying to hold on to things that are impermanent in order to make us happy, we're going to be dissatisfied because things change. I mean, that's such a tendency. We want things to, if things are pleasant, we want them to stay the way they are. Or if we had a good time, we want to repeat the good time. How often do you invite the same people to dinner and serve the same food, trying to recreate the experience that you can't recreate? Um, It's because we're attached to the pleasant experience that we had. So there is that dukkha, that unsatisfactory nature um, to life. And then the third one is the teaching of non-self, not self, non-self, not no self, which is, uh, is, is what often people think that it's, there's no, we have no self, but that we are conditioned. Conditions are constantly moving and changing and shifting, and I'll get more into that. But so there's these, the Buddha taught these three, three, these three characteristics. Uh, And dukkha, as I said, you, you can see it when you get attached to something or push, don't want, when you're in conflict with the way it is, there's dukkha. I want it to be different from the way it is. That's never a good recipe. It always ends up, um, usually ends up that we're not, we're unhappy, that we're, we're experiencing this discomfort, this dissatisfaction. And then uh, Anicca, impermanence, we can see that all the time. We can see it all the time. And, you know, was when I was thinking about this today, I was like, some things go very quickly, um, you know, dinner doesn't last very long. It's like, you know, this yummy thing that I'm eating is gone. Uh, heat sometimes feels like it's lasting forever, but it will pass. I, um, some things last longer than others. I, I love looking, I love geology and geography and that kind of thing. And if you just think of like, you look at mountains and you go, oh, there. But even them, you know, you can tell older mountains have rounded tops and younger mountains have more pointed, jagged tops and because of the erosion. And so I'm not going to see a difference in my lifetime unless there's a massive earthquake that does some shifting. But you can see that even if we don't see the changes, there is change happening. There is impermanence. There is movement. Um, it's it's uh it's a fact. And so that's, that is, is, is much easier to grasp 
than this idea of not self or non-self. And so that's why I wanted to look at that. And the reason I was inspired to do it is I took a yoga class on on Monday and the teacher, because um, yoga is, is, is Hindu, it's got the Hindu roots. And he was talking about how he was getting into Buddhism and he pulls out, um, he had, what did he have? He had, and he has struggled with the idea of no self or not self for many years. And then he had a, one of Stephen Batchelor's books, uh, Buddhism Beyond Belief and Beyond Beliefs or Without Beliefs, and I can't remember exactly the title. And he talked about it there, and he said finally he was starting to get a sense of of what it means to not have this fixed Mary or this fixed. Craig or this fixed Holly, this this unit that's somewhere inside of us that exists um, regardless. And so that's what I wanted to talk about um, today. He inspired me. Um, so as I said, anatta is the is the Pali word, which is translated as non-self or not self. It's that there is no unchanging if these things are impermanent, then obviously it can't be unchanging. Permanent, if things are impermanent, then it can't be permanent. Self or self in our living beings and no essence in any phenomena or anything. So it's, um, it's there's nothing solid, nothing grounded, nothing that we can just put our finger on. And a belief in this sense of self is another source of dukkha or suffering or dissatisfaction. Um, when we are attached to this idea, when we chase this idea of finding ourselves or, or the hunt for. And I've, I've read this. There's, you know, these teachings can devolve and they have over the you know the centuries of buddhist uh practice since the time of the buddha you know people get into these arguments about minutia um i'm not going to go there because i just like the bigger idea that's offered in this teaching um you know it's anatta as i said is one of the i'm just going to say anatta because it's easier than saying not self non-self anatta is one of the uh bedrock basic doctrines of Buddhism and it's found in all it's it's part of early Buddhism so you know the oldest texts talk about it but it's it's found throughout down through the present day in in all the different lineages in Tibetan and Mahayana and Zen and and Pure Land and all the different um, uh, places but it kind of morphs a little bit here and there, and, and the understandings are a little bit different. And as with anything, when you have scholars sitting in their monasteries, just thinking about this kind of stuff, they're all going to parse it a little bit differently. And um, um, in fact, in the early days, I think there was a sutta or, or a scholar who, in some commentary who said, that this is not anything that lay people should even think about because it's too it's too up there it's for monastics only so here I am talking about it um, and the Buddha taught that there was anatta not self non-self but he wouldn't talk about it and he did this with a lot of things 
people wanted the answers to, is there this? Is there life after death? Is there that? What is this? And, what, la, 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 la. and there's, a, there's a bunch of suttas where people go up to him and ask him all these questions, and he won't answer it. He says there is suffering, and there is the end of suffering. And that's what I teach. And there is this one sutta where this one Vajagata, the wanderer, said, is there self? Is there no self? And the Buddha wouldn't answer. He just said, there is suffering and the end of suffering. But this is important. This teaching of anatta is really important because we are, as human beings, really entangled with this idea. So the idea of self causes a lot of suffering. So that's why he says this is, this is one of the characteristics. You have to be aware of that. You have to be aware of that. In fact, um, one of my favorite Pali words, Sakaya Ditti, self-view, this idea of who we are, this vision we have of ourselves is one of the things, and fixed views is one of the things that gets... Um, when we move into stream entry, when we're really on the way to enlightenment, that's something that falls away. We no longer ha are attached to a view of who we are or what we are supposed to look like. I, I, I went for, and I thought about this this morning. I went for a walk early this morning before it got really hot, about, I was about, well, before eight. And I had some ratty old shorts on and a ratty t-shirt on. And I'm like, I can't go out like this because the five people I run into are going to laugh at the way I look. I can't because this I have to even in this in this kind of realm, that thought comes up. You can't go out in public looking like this. I think it's only in the last year that I actually went out with like my pajamas on to move my car or something or put out the garbage in the morning. It's like, I can't let people, and I'm looking at everybody on my block in their pajamas and I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. But it's that sense of self. It's that I have to present a particular way and I'm attached to that. And I don't realize it, but I am attached to it. And because if it causes discomfort, and it caused discomfort, especially when I was walking and I saw myself in a in a in a reflection in a window, and as I walked by a store, and I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, oh my goodness, this attachment, this attachment is so deeply entrenched. A lot of other things have passed away, but. I've been working on this one for uh, many moons. And so um, luckily I can see it for what it is. Acknowledge like, wow, there's some suffering coming up around this. There's some deep attachment. Not like I actually have to do this, but seeing it for the story that it is, this conditioning. Somewhere along the line, I came up with the story that I have to always present in a perfect way, a particular way, because I want to be seen by others in a particular way. And anything that falls out of that particular way is really going to cause me pain. But the thing of it, and this is where that falls into anatta, is that particular thing has changed. From the time I was 10 
till the time I'm 66 today, it's gone through hundreds and hundreds of iterations. I grew up in New York City. What looked cool in New York City in 1973 did not necessarily <laughs> look cool in San Francisco in 1973. Very different. So I had a shift and change what my frame was. So what was I holding on to? What was in there that needed to be appeased or, or you know, that, that type of idea? So that's, that's where it can cause so much suffering. Um, and that we all can still struggle from because we're attached to this condition. It's this conditioning that creates this attachment. Um, you know, and, and I was, I was, as I was reflecting on this, it's like, as we think about these, this impermanence of these views, how can there be something permanent that's holding on to it? What self are you trying to find? What self are you attaching to? The two-year-old, the 10-year-old, the 30-year-old? Um, you know? And as with any of these other things, what will I do if I find it? If I find my true self, my authentic self, will I live happily ever after? I don't know. I because there's I haven't found an authentic self, and I'm not saying that that is um, something to be that type of. Uh, journey is something to be discarded but I think instead of finding that that thing in there that exists I think an authentic self or um, finding ourselves means really at least my um, experience and what what uh, resonates with me is that I am aligned with reality and that I am seeing clearly what's happening and that I am aligned with um, what I find my core values or what I think is important in this world and not that I am so um, this is where it gets tricky it's like I and they and this and that but um, these are the the um, the values that the Buddha taught that are universal. The 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 compassion, the wise speech. It's about not causing harm and finding that place or understanding that my view and my actions are aligned with these things that I think are really important that make a lot of sense. And I don't want to say universal, but they seem to be, you, we treat all beings this way, not causing harm, being gentle, being compassionate, being kind. And so the true authentic self, to use that phrase, is that we're aligned with that. And we see as clearly as we can how we move through the world so that it doesn't impact it. When I'm caught up in mine and I and me, that's when I cause harm. 
because I get into fear. Fear arises. And I and and, and it's like, where's mine? You know, because because if you get yours, then there's not going to be enough for me. And I, it's all about I, me and mine and grasping and clinging and the antithesis of generosity and, and open and and what the Buddha taught, you know, about compassion and, and goodwill and letting go renunciation. Really important. Um, you know, so that's 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 how I kind of see this teaching so I'm not into the 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 minute pieces of doctrine and not self versus non-self and then there's the in Mahayana there's four there's four um, characteristics one of emptiness and as well and so you because you can like make yourself nuts but I find that if I can let go of that I me my Especially when you look at emotions, and this is how you put this thing into practice. I was offering the instructions on um, during the sit of to notice um, when something comes up instead of saying I am, say there is, like there's an ache in my foot. Or for me, I know during the practice there was one point where it got really warm and it was like, wow, it's really warm and it's unpleasant. because if I put it on, I, I'm like, I hate this. And I move into this place of hating hot weather and stories and, and just down the road instead of going, wow, it's really hot and it's really unpleasant. Um, the same thing with emotions. Oh, anger. Wow, there's anger arising. We begin to have a separation between the emotion, the feeling, how we hold it, which gives us a pause so we can respond rather than react. If I say, I'm so angry, I put it on and I take birth as an angry person. Whereas if there's anger here, it's like, wow, there's some anger here. How am I going to work with this? How do I hold this? I'm not lost in the story of being an angry person. It's really, really, um, really powerful. When you can, when you can find that separation, when you can recognize that, um, I have found it so helpful with with strong emotions um, because you get out of the judging as well. I'm not supposed to feel this way. I'm not supposed to be jealous because jealousy is not good. I know better. Blah blah blah. And we, we move into this judgment. So there's the unpleasantness of the jealousy, and then there's the next arrow of the judging mind. And so the, the, the suffering, the dukkha escalates. Put that all down and go, wow, this is a conditioned response based on my upbringing. Because what brings up anger for me may not bring up anger for any of you. So it's not the thing itself. It's my reactivity. That's really important to differentiate. It's my conditioning, my reactivity, my history, my story. Not that it's my, you know, solid story, but all the causes and conditions that brought me to this place. That's the self. This constantly shifting 
self that moves through the world that I have to recognize there are all these causes and conditions that bring me here and have me reacting the way I'm reacting. Mm-hmm. Joseph Goldstein's book, Mindfulness, he talks about this a little bit, and he's talking exactly about this. He talks about we shift our perspective from saying I'm having a pleasant feeling to um, there is a pleasant feeling. And he, he quoted Bhikkhu Analio who said, in this contemplation, and I really like this, in this contemplation, the boundaries of I and others of, of separate cells are left behind. It's the experience of phenomena independent of any ownership. It's there is pleasant and there is unpleasant. There is anger. And, and I really like that the differentiation, the separateness drops away. All beings experience this phenomenon. We're no different from other beings. And so that sense of separation falls away. And it's when we can see that, I think, what was I thinking about? Um, I was thinking about because that's what we that's how we cause so much harm. We we identify I am this and you are that and you are wrong and you are incorrect and you are less than. Therefore, I can do whatever the hell I want because I'm justified because I am this. You know? Look at it in, 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 in with race. Look at it, you know, think of Nazi Germany. That was explicitly laid out. And that, and that was unfortunately not a unique case, but that's how you do it. It's I and them, us versus them. And so if you really get into the habit of, of letting those, those boundaries dissipate, it's much easier to bring empathy and compassion and much more difficult to cause harm. Because we see clearly, you know, we, we have a sense of knowing. It's like, oh, this is just phenomenon. This is just phenomenon that's arising. Yeah, and, and as we cultivate um, through practice this sense of just being, as I was, the invitation again this evening in the sit was to just be, and allow the things to come and go. Um, we don't need to do anything else. There's this awareness of experience. Mm-hmm. It's like effortless awareness. Um, Utejaniya, um, who's a monk from Burma, talks about open awareness, mind, choiceless awareness. You know, we don't have to do anything. It's just phenomena coming and going it's like sitting at an airport just like people coming and going just planes landing and taking off and you're just there right now it's like this right now it's like this so um yeah i think that might be all i have to say um, there's one other thing that I saw some, I saw some, I had some writing, uh, printout, but I have no idea where it's from. It's from years ago about Anatta. And it talked about when talking about no self or non-self, 
it described, um, and I think the Buddha did, did this. I don't know what sutta it's from, but he said, if you think of a chariot, and if you think of anything, it's all pieces, different parts put together. And chariot is a convenient term to use instead of listing all the parts that go together. So we just say chariot. It's like us, all these different phenomena that are whirling around, the, all the skin and the flesh and the bones and the neurons firing and wiring and, and um, the blood and the, 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 the uh, conditioning. And we can call it Mary. Call it Mary. If you want to be Mary, you can be whatever you want to be. Those are those are my thoughts on um, anatta, which is I think such a helpful way to move through the world because it's a it's an antidote to clinging, a, a a way to let go of clinging and needing things to be a particular way. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystankavich.org backslash support. Thank you.